Music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and thank you for spending time with us on the show. Up first, we welcome Juno Award-winning Canadian artist Serena Ryder, who is always an absolute blast to hang out with. We delve into Mariah Carey's latest album and resurgence with our music director, Sharon Hyland, give you new music from Katy Perry, Mariana's Trench, and Mariah Carey, and then wrap things up with international superstar Sarah Brightman. But first, let's check out our chat with the always amazing Serena Ryder when I caught up with her right before her concert at the Corona Theatre here in Montreal. The Kelly Alexander Show. We are beyond excited to welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show, Juno Award winning Serena Ryder. Hello. I have like a girl crush on you. Is that okay? Yeah. You can have any kind of crush on me. I love that. It doesn't have to be a girl crush. (laughs) I fangirl over you. Oh, I love that. It's good. It's good. I'm so happy to have you back. Like, I think this is my sixth time, I think, speaking to you in life. Oh my gosh. So it's like. Well, it feels like it's been a lot. A lot of times. It's been a lot of times. We go way back. We do. We go way back. So, first question is what's the best thing that's happened to Serena Ryder this year? It seems like you've had a busy year. I've had such a busy year. I've had such a great, great year. There's a bunch of stuff. I just finished building my own recording studio. Okay. Um, In Toronto? In Toronto. Okay. I'm just about to get a puppy, which will be one of the best. Very nice. From Quebec, actually. So it's a French puppy. Okay. Um, Is it going to have like a French name, like Pierre? Its name's actually Karma. (laughs) Okay, good. And last name Dogma. Okay, good. That's awesome. Yeah. So lots of good things happening. You know, studio, puppy. I just released an amazing Christmas record that I'm really excited about. Which we're going to talk about in a second. Yep. So very good. Segway. Segway. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, because when I say the words, or two words, Serena Ryder, right away, it just screams Canada. Like, you just, you scream Canada to that. me. And so I wanted to know, as Serena Ryder, Juno Award-winning Serena Ryder, what does it mean to you to be a Canadian artist? Like, I know you do things in the States and all that kind of good stuff, but, yeah. but you seem to, like, carry the flag for us, I feel. I think for me it means everything to me because i'm so proud of this country i'm so proud of being from here Mm -hmm. i feel a sense of gigantic pride every time i hear a canadian on the radio um or i see a canadian on tv i'm so so uh, all about it you know i think we live in such a beautiful country and Mm -hmm. we have beautiful people and you know, it's I, I could never want to be from anywhere else. Good. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to lose you to like Los Angeles because I know you no spent time there, but you're way. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. We're not good. Nailing. Now, Christmas album, Christmas kisses. Yeah. My goodness. So let me ask you first: Did you record that in like July when it was hot? We did. Okay. Yeah. We okay. recorded it in the summertime. It was like a Christmas album in the summer. Did you vibe out the studio? So we that totally you felt vibed Christmassy? out. Yeah. There okay. was there was lights. Okay. Cool. There was Christmas lights. Now Christmas kisses. That's the original song that's on there. Correct. Talk to us about that. How mm. did that come about? So actually, my friend Simon Wilcox, she's songwriter. A, she's amazing songwriter. Yep. Canadian. Lives in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my nearest dearest friends. I love her so much. Um, wrote my last record, Utopia, with her. Okay. She and I had been talking about writing a Christmas song for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she had this idea of you're only getting kisses for Christmas. That was her line. Okay. She's like, you know, what if you just were broke? And you were saying like, oh, sweetie, like, is it okay if I just give you kisses for Christmas? And I just thought that was the most amazing thing ever. Okay. And we wrote it over FaceTime on our phones. (laughs) So I was in Toronto and she was in LA. That's wicked. Yeah. Is that your favorite song on the album? Because it's yours? I love it. Uh, it's not my favorite song on the record, to be honest. Like, my favorite song probably would be Let It Snow. It's so jazzy. I, the whole record's jazz. Jazzy. jazzy. And for me, like, I grew up listening to jazz mm-hmm. before I listened to pop, rock, folk, blues, anything. It was mm-hmm. jazz. It was all 
Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone, Sarah Vaughn, like full on jazz. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a huge fan. Like that's what I end up singing in the shower. Okay. You know, so it was really nice. It's like kind of like what I do for fun. Mm-hmm. Now I get to do it, you know, for real every year, which is amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you with this album, was the pressure off a little bit because it was a Christmas album or was there added pressure because it was a Christmas album? I didn't feel any pressure. Okay, cool. Which okay. was cool because it was like, it was really a passion project and I had never even considered doing a Christmas record. Mm-hmm. And I was asked by Bob Ezrin, who's legend, mm-hmm. Canadian producer, legend, who's done Pink Floyd, The Wall. And he did, you know, Lou Reed and Alice Cooper. And Mm -hmm. like, he's done so much. And so I was very touched when he asked me and he was like, do you want to do a Christmas record? I was like, yeah, dude. (laughs) You know, and I figured out a way to do a jazz record too, which was cool. How long did it take to record? It took just a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because I just saw Jesse J put out a Christmas album too. And she did it in two weeks too. Oh, that's cool. So it's like you guys are on a roll. Because we already know the songs, right? Yeah. It's like, we've been, we know these songs, you know? Yeah. Something else, I haven't interviewed you since, sort of like after Harmony came out. Right. So we haven't spoken like with since Utopia. But with the album, what's your favorite song on Utopia? Do you have one or do you love them all? Oh my God, it's so hard because I don't even, I wrote like for Utopia, like I think for Harmony I'd written like over 60 songs or something. So okay. For Utopia I wrote over 100, probably 120. Holy cow, okay. Um, so... Even just to think of like what my favorite songs are on the record, like I love "Got Your Number." That's it's, my jam. Is it your jam? That's my jam. And that song, okay, just went gold, which is really cool. And didn't you tell me that you did the drums, and that's how it started? I did. Okay, yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, so okay, cool. That's probably my favorite one to perform. Okay, and maybe um, what's it called? My own song. You have so many. Um, Heavy love, fall. What I wouldn't do. Electric love. Sanctuary. Okay. Thank you. I wanted to ask you as well, because of the success of Stompa, yeah. which obviously I remember interviewing you around that time and it was just bananas. Like you were just everywhere all the yeah. time, whatever. Now that you've had time to have that song marinate for several years, mm. do you still love performing it? Does it still like... Oh my gosh, I love that song. Okay. It's so funny. It's like the most successful song I ever wrote was uh, Stompa and What I Wouldn't Do. Okay. They're my two favorite songs to play. Nice. People get so into it. Mm-hmm. And like for me, it's all about like the back and forthing of the audience. And that's cool. I just love it. When you are performing, do you actually see a crowd or do you see people? Like, do you see people? Like, individual people? Yeah. I see individual people when the lights are bright enough. Okay. I mean, it just really depends on the lighting. <laughs> but I do try and look at people in the eye when I can see them. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I did want to ask you too who are you listening to these days, Serena Ryder? Like, what's in your. I won't say MP3 player because yeah. no one uses that anymore. But yeah. what do you stream? Um, I've been listening to Emily King. Okay. Who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeba. Okay. She only has one song out, but she's unbelievable. Okay. Um, the Internet. Uh, awesome band. Female singer. So good. Okay. Yeah. What is your take on the current state of Canadian pop music? Like the Rhea Mays, the Scott Hellmans, the Tyler Shaws, like all these cats. I think they kick ass. Yeah. The reason why is because I think that we have such a eclectic mix of influences mm-hmm. as Canadians, musicians. Yeah. That there's pop music that we're making that nobody else is making. Yeah. And I love Scott Hellman. I think he's fantastic. Okay. Uh, Rhea May and I have written before. We Good wrote stuff. Bend together. Yes. Amazing. Um, she's awesome. Like, I did such a little tiny amount on that song. Okay. She was amazing. Um, I'm very proud. Awesome. Yeah. I want to finish with Serena Ryder Fast Five. What item do you have to have with you on tour? Some sort of smudge, like a sage or a Palo Santo or like an incense stick or something. When you were in school, what poster did you have on your locker wall or on your bedroom wall? 
Bob Dylan tipping his hat. Nice. If you could have collaborated with Michael Jackson, Prince, George Michael, or Whitney Houston, who would it be and why? <sighs> Michael Jackson, just to like be with him, close to him. Okay, cool. Wow. What fellow musician or artist has told you that they are a fan and it freaked you out like in a good way? They were like, I can't believe this person loves me. Um, I think maybe oh. it's not even like fellow musician, but it was uh, it was um, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You win. That's good. Uh, Serena Ryder, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Make sure you check her out on all of our social media handles. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thanks for spending time with us on The Kelly Alexander Show. We are joined now by our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking this week about the return of Mariah Carey and her brand new album, Caution, which, by the way, Sharon, is her 15th studio album. 15th. Ah. Uh. I love Numbers Divisible by five. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. And uh, I would have to say, I know that you've listened to the full album twice. I've listened to most of the album uh, and, and a couple of songs several times. And so I will say yeah. on my behalf, um, I'm very impressed. I find that she is inspired on this effort. And so I wanted to know if you think um, that part of this inspiration that she's got going on is the uh, the wee bit of a roller coaster ride that she's been on over the last few years. We had that, of course, failed engagement to billionaire uh, James Packer, then that fiasco with the New Year's Eve performance that kind of went sideways. And her rep, I would say, took a, a wee bit of a hit over the last couple of years, although 2018 seems to be going well for her so far. But why do you think she's so inspired on this album? Maybe it's just all coming together for her. I think that uh, that it's like any pop artist that we've ever talked about. They're in the spotlight as uh, as bright as it is, and any sort of misstep they they make or take uh, gets magnified like crazy. So granted, I know that I've thought a few questionable uh, things about her decision-making process over the past couple of years, but gosh, like she's, uh, she's been through the ringer relationship wise. She's been through the ringer uh, media wise. And the, the fact that she sounds as good and solid and exact as she does on this album, I think is just, Hey, man, don't worry. I'm Mariah Carey. (laughs) That's why I act this way. (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because I think you and I had that conversation when the New Year's Eve performance went sideways because there was a bit of a question about vocals on that. And Mm -hmm. I think there was concern from many a party that, uh, you know, maybe she was losing it a little bit. But, like, hearing this, not at all. Well, no. And as a a consumer, as as the the viewer or whatever you want to call us, we see what we see and some of it is calculated to have a particular effect and some of it is, is comes without context. So we end up, uh, you know, creating conclusions and scenarios which sell magazines and, uh, and you know, to the, uh, it's, it's not fair. I mean, it works, but it's not fair. So she's a human living her life and she happens to sound like she's in the exact right place. Now, unlike a lot of other artists, Mariah Carey can write and is a co-writer on every single song of this new album. And I think, I don't think you and I have ever really chatted about this, but what's your take on her as a solid songwriter? Do you think she's getting better over time? Are you more partial to her earlier songwriting credits? I think she's uh, consistent. And that's, uh, that's not a bad thing at all. Um, and I think that has been underplayed that she is as strong a songwriter as, as she is. And I think, again, that falls in the shadow of... Uh, of, you know, the perceived uh, <laughs> eccentric behavior. Let's call it that, because that's nicer than calling her cuckoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> though she has come off as cuckoo at times, um, 
and let's we don't have to readdress the address that she wore for New Year's Eve uh, performance. It was winter after all. Uh, and she wasn't dressed for the season. But back to the songwriting. <laughs> Solid. I think she's writing. There's just some lyrical reference, too, that I that I zoned in on uh, or zeroed in on while listening to it that are just like, yeah, that makes sense. And and her sound, she sounds like she fits right in. She doesn't sound like she's on her 15th, you know? She mm-hmm. sounds like very au courant. Now, you and I the other day had a chit-chat about her recent appearance on The uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I wanted to ask you what stood out to you with regards to that segment. I would say on my part, and I think we agree, is that she seemed... uh, kind of back down to earth and quote-unquote normal, even though I don't want to not say that she hasn't been normal before, but she seemed um, in mm-hmm. a zone, like in a good zone. Yeah, healthy, yeah. clear. Yeah. Like, uh, not, and not to sound ageist, but she sounds her age. Right. She's, she is a parent, right? Uh, she does have to coexist with her co-parent, whether or not she's in a relationship with that person. She does, um, uh, she probably doesn't ever have to work another day in her life. But because she is as creatively driven as she is, she will work. She will write. She will co-write. So it makes sense. <laughs> and so for, uh, I just love the glitter story of it all. Yeah, well, let's it's talk about a, that. Such a triumph. Yeah, because she actually seemed, it was funny because you and I both saw that same segment. And then I actually saw her on Good Morning America, um, the, the, like just the other day. Uh, and it, it, she got asked about that too, the fact that her fans managed to get the Glitter soundtrack to number one on iTunes, which I think is either 17 or 18 years after it was released. So Pretty amazing. And she kind of had this like weird look to her in both interviews, both with Jimmy Fallon and both with like GMA, where... Um, I think she's extremely happy that her fans did that for her, but then also I feel like she's taking a bit of a hit because she she knows that I think they want her to perform some of these songs live, and she's not doing that. And is she going to perform live again? Like she did, I saw her on The Tonight Show, she did that. But is yeah. there a tour plan? Yeah, well, her oh, really? uh, she's got some Christmas performances, of course, because of uh, the big the big song yeah. and the big al- Christmas album. So she's got those coming Love up. And then, and then in 2019, she heads out on the Caution Tour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well... Maybe yeah. You know what? She it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be a bad idea for her to pick a song from the album. Mm-hmm. Well, she seems you know, more at peace with it now. But I guess it it, it it triggers such a terrible time in her life, and I don't remember exactly the circumstances. But I know I think that's when she was kind of off the rails, because um, I think that would have been like two thousand one, right? Something like that. So I I think that's when she was in trouble. And remember, she got kind of like she had that questionable. Um, TV appearance, and then they pulled her off that. And yeah, so I think that was not a good time mm-hmm. in her life. And that's, I think, when that whole exhaustion thing was going on. Oh, and, yeah. I, and that must have been, too, because she has been open now that she has, I believe it's bipolar disorder, right? So um, I think maybe that could have been that back then and her not knowing it. So, And that's entirely possible. And, and I'm, uh, I will come off as Switzerland <laughs> in a way that I'll, I'll be completely understanding of her if she doesn't. Uh, want to do or revisit any of those songs, mm-hmm. but I'm also a fan of uh, um, uh, ownership. Like you don't get to decide what makes me happy. I wrote these songs, and I can make them something different if I want. So she could actually, in my estimation, knowing nothing about her, mm-hmm. but I think that she could probably take them to a, another level and re- reclaim them and make it uh, like complete positive experience. I did want to ask you this. Um, 
I've seen her in concert, I believe, in, in 2009 here in Montreal. Did you see that show? I don't remember if you did see that show. Did you see that concert? I did not. No, I've never seen her perform live uh, in person. Okay, so she was late, like 45 minutes late. And, um, and that would have driven me crazy. Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> when she came out, though, she totally owned the lateness, like just owned it right away and then got on with the show and killed it. And it's funny, like we all know that she can be a, be- a bit of a, a diva, that's for sure. But for some reason, like I always cheer for her no matter what. Like even if she is diva mm-hmm. I just think she's, I don't know, there's something about her. What, what is something about her for you that you keep going back to her and being a fan? Uh, I'll be honest and say that... Uh... Uh, after listening to the album, the new album once, I was very pleased. But then I uh, had also went back to uh, have her um, uh, collection of hits also on my phone. So I went right back to Honey. Okay. Which for me was kind of uh, the, the end of a chapter of like, you know, again, not to overuse the word normal, but... Uh, sonic normal for me, meaning it wasn't overmodulated. It wasn't, you know, made to to sound appropriate for the time. Yet it did. Her voice was clear. Her voice wasn't affected too much. Um, so I think that she's she's for me. She's just been able to provide uh, a real, genuine uh, reflection of her art. So she sounds really good. Her lyrics are, you know, spot on. She can zing right to your heart with a, with a, a note or a word, a lyric. And um, like I said, I think any of the other behaviors or attention over the past, you know, 10 years even uh, has, may have clouded the fact that she's as uh, solid a performer and a songwriter and an artist as she is. So I'm proud of her for not knowing her personally. It's weird to say that you're proud of someone. Um, but I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. I'm happy that she sounds like she's in a good, clear, keep on going kind of place. Quick question. Favorite all-time Mariah song? Ooh. You know what? I I brought up like the reference point of Honey. Mm-hmm. And I ended up listening to Honey yesterday probably about eight times. Yep. <laughs> just because I'm like that. Yeah. Uh, but all-time favorite, I think, uh, um, and we talked about this on uh, our show last time it's the uh, unplugged version of make it happen right okay i love it like mm-hmm. it's just it's got such a drive to it it's got a, a, a sunday morning rhythm to it and it's you know you can clap along there's all kinds of opportunities to sing along not you'd ever reach those notes but <laughs> you can pretend and that's what she allows for us <laughs> the sing-along quality and she'll take the lead and you just jump on for the ride and last question, as we are in the season of holidaying, um, I think a lot of people would view Mariah as Queen Christmas because of All I yeah. Want for Christmas is You. And here's a question for you, because like a lot of, for example, Jessie J just released, who's an amazing vocalist, love her. She just released her own Christmas album mm-hmm. um, with takes on the classic songs like White Christmas, Let It Snow, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Kelly Clarkson's mm-hmm. done that. Um, Serena Ryder just recently did that too, although she did write uh, an original. But my question for you is, so many people that do Christmas albums obviously go to those classics, right? Mariah Carey, I would say, mm-hmm. in recent times, is the only one to have written an original that 
has gone to the lengths that it has. Like, it, it's still, like, the most downloaded song every Christmas season, all that stuff. Do you think that will continue? Do you think anyone will give her a, a run for her money? Because, for example, Katy Perry just released a song, an original Christmas tune just the other day called Cozy Little Christmas. It's not All I Want for Christmas is You, but I have to say, it's it's pretty catchy. Um, do you think anyone's ever going to take away, not take away from Mariah, but but add to it? Because she just seems like she's untouchable for since 1994 with that song. Well, I would say the short answer is no. In my opinion, because I love that song, but it'd be a comma instead of a period. No, but because of the strength of that song and it's just so good Mm -hmm. that of course, uh, the competitive elements of, uh, other artists would be like, well, I can write one too, Mm -hmm. you know? So it, it encourages, uh, people to try at least, um, which which says something about Mariah Carey also. It's, it, it encourages more creative output, which can't be a bad thing. Also true. Uh, Sharon, thank you for this. Kelly, thank you too. <laughs> now I've got Mariah Carey's Christmas song in my head. Get going, sister. Uh, that there is our go. music editor, Sharon Hyland. You can listen to both Sharon and myself as we host our other podcast, 90s Now, where you get your fix of all things 90s. All things now, you can find us 90snow.com or, or on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Kelly Alexander Show, bringing you fresh sounds like this. The lady herself, Mariah Carey, and her song GTFO off her brand new album, Caution. And I can tell you this melody is going to stick with you all day. A very catchy track. Definitely think it's going to become a fan favorite. And Mariah, by the way, has lots of work coming up. Her annual Christmas performances. And then in the new year, she heads out on her Caution tour. And if she comes to a city near you, please make sure to see her. She puts on an excellent performance. Love these boys, Canadian band Marianas Trench, led by lead singer Josh Ramsey, who, by the way, helped Carly Rae Jepsen to international fame by helping to co-write her hit song, Call Me Maybe. Now, when it comes to Marianas Trench, they always have a ton of hit songs, and it looks like this is going to be a new one. It's their brand new track, I Knew You When, off their upcoming new album. season for Christmas music and I have to give Katy Perry props for taking the time to write an original Christmas tune instead of just recycling the classics. This is called Cozy Little Christmas and I think it's very catchy. This actually could become a mainstay I think when it comes to Christmas music which is a hard thing to do because unless you're Mariah Carey not a lot of people want to hear new Christmas music instead of the classics but I think Katy has definitely tapped into something. New music on the Kelly Alexander Show. We'd really appreciate if you could take a moment to rate us on your favorite podcast platform, we are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Well, we're very happy now to welcome world-renowned, award-winning recording artist Sarah Brightman to the program, who has sold over 30 million albums worldwide. Sarah has just released her 15th full-length album called Him, and is going to be performing 125 concerts around the world to support the new music. Sarah, it is really such an honor to welcome you to the Kelly Alexander Show. 
And it's lovely to be on the show and talking to you. Hi. So I wanted to start off by, uh, I guess, sort of just quickly looking back at your career. You know, you, you've accomplished so much. And I'm just wondering if you had a plan way back when that you knew you were going to be a success. Like, Because I know certain artists, they just they, they manifest things in life. And I'm wondering if you're one of those people. Well, you know, I was very gifted with singing and dancing and acting, really, as a really lo- young child. And uh, it was sort of obvious, I think, to myself, to everybody, that that was going to be what I was going to do. And I was sort of, you know, identified by it. And it was what I never realized, though, was how much work it was going to be. But the beauty of my career, it's taken me all over the world. I've done all these wonderful albums and I've had a great time. And that's really important. I'm very passionate about what I do. You've been involved, as you mentioned, in so many facets of the entertainment industry, from, you know, singing disco music to performing at the Olympic Games being on stage in musicals like Cats and The Phantom of the Opera, and then the list goes on and on. Has it always been important for you to be diverse in your entertainment career? Um, I've never been calculative in, in thinking, okay, I have to be do some of this and do that. I go towards what makes me really, really passionate. And I know, for example, in my own taste of music, I like everything from really old songs to really modern to jazz to, to everything. So it's about, and I am a sort of interpreter of, of music. So so that's what I do. I pick songs which I feel are great for me at that moment, will be lovely for my voice that I enjoy and am passionate about and also want to go and sing them out live to an audience. I wanted to ask you, speaking of uh, the fact that you like different genres of music, is there music that you listen to that might maybe surprise some of your fans? Like, for example, are you, I don't know, like a big Britney Spears fan or a Katy Perry fan or something like that? Um, I love, I think, um, I mean, Britney Spears was great. Katy Perry, I mean, she's amazing, you know, everything that she's done. Um, I go towards everything. I mean, in my time, because I'm I'm a little older as an artist, I loved uh, groups like the Cocteau Twins. I like U2. All of those uh, groups really coming out of the 90s. Um, so the, the list is endless of things I like. But I love a lot of the of the music of today as well. It's, it's different to how it was when I was doing it. But it's all become very fused and there's a whole mixture. And I love it that, you know, all my nieces and everything, they're, they're, they're listening to a lot of what was kind of 80s music to us as well. That's become very popular. What's your take on reality singing competitions, for example? Because I know, like, you know, back in the day, so many artists obviously had to grind and and work at small clubs and work their way up. And now that doesn't always have to be the case. Um, What's your take on on the current state of the music industry? Well, the thing is, there's always been the talent show. And from, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when you go back to the 60s and the 70s, I mean, even in Britain, my own country, we always had them. And a lot of artists, actually came out of those talent shows the same as they do today. I think the difference then is that to now is that I think the artists that that do want to go into them and, and maybe start making it is that it's fine. It might work for the moment, but it's really the hard work and being brilliant at what you're doing, which keeps the the fame side up, if you see what I mean, the successful side up. So you have to have what it takes to survive in our industry to to stay there. Joining us on The Kelly Alexander Show is award-winning recording artist Sarah Brightman. Make sure to follow her on her website, sarahbrightman.com. And of course, there you can uh, grab all of her social media handles. Sarah, your, your new album is called Him. Can you please tell us why you called it that and what can people expect from this new music? Well, it's it's 
quite an eclectic um, group of songs. Uh, usually when I do an album, it's because the theme of it is normally something that I'm, I've been going through in my life, something that's very personal to me. And uh, this particular um, album came about because I'd just come from, I'd come out of the uh, Russian space program and I needed to ground myself. I'd been through really challenging times doing that. And so I found a little house on the beach. I rented one and I asked a friend of mine who's an opera coach to come and work on my voice so I could be Sarah Brightman the singer again rather than Sarah Brightman the cosmonaut. <laughs> and uh, during this time my producer Frank Peterson called me and he said, Sarah, you've obviously been enlightened by your journey that you've be, been on but he said it's time to get back to recording. What do you want to do? And I said, you know, I've come back and the world is a little dystopian at the moment and I've been challenged as well. I want to do songs that are really full of hope, full of light, uh, sort of remind me of, of familiar things and maybe when I was singing in my church when I was younger and uh, I'd like to work with choirs. So we started working on all songs that would be related to choirs. My voice would sound good on and we ended up with this beautiful album called Hymn. And everybody around the world is really enjoying it and I had a good time as well. Now, you uh, you recorded the album, from what I gather, in a bunch of different cities. Uh, Hamburg, Miami, Vancouver, Budapest, the list goes on and on. Why so many different cities, Sarah, to record this album? Well, usually, um, I, I'm really not in one place for longer than three weeks because my career is very global and there are always different things I'm, I'm doing in different parts of the world. So, kind of my little recording team, they followed me wherever I had to be, either for a concert or something I was doing related to my work. And uh, that was really, but, but you know what was great about it? Because we picked up and recorded with choirs in different countries. We got a really lovely difference of flavor in all of these human voices which are on the album. So I'm like, for example, I mixed a, a, a Christian uh, choir in Los Angeles with a British choir that we we worked with in Abbey Road and put them together and and the mixture was really beautiful and a little bit different so so that was the fun bit of 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 traveling all the time and doing this in different countries I wanted to ask you do you actually have a place that you call home because it just sounds like your life is constantly gypsy like like (laughs) do you do you actually have a a home where you can go and have Christmas I do yes of course I I I do I I spend Christmas with my family whether it's uh, with at their home in in Britain or or whether they come out to see me somewhere it's usually somewhere warm um but uh I have to say I call the world my home at the moment and I'm I'm traveling in this way because I have to with with my work and and also I it's a privilege to be able to see the world in the way that I do because I won't be able to do it forever Right. Do you actually take time, Sarah, when you're in different cities to maybe go explore museums or or restaurants? Like, do you actually have the time to invest in the culture? Of course I do. You know, when you want to make uh, time for to see a beautiful cathedral or a be- have a beautiful meal, you make it. And, and I always make sure I do because there are otherwise you, you miss out on things in life. Now, I wanted to ask you about the care of your voice because your voice is extraordinary and I know that it's your instrument. So how do you keep everything in fine form? Because as we've seen with other artists, not everyone takes care of them as, we, as we've seen with, for example, Whitney Houston, you know, several years ago. Um, which a lot of us were very sad about. So how do you stay in tip-top shape? 
a lot of it has to do with a lot of sleep. And so, you know, even if I haven't slept well the night before because of, of, of jet lag, I tend to pick moments in the day that I can sleep. I try and eat as healthily as I, as I can, which is hard because I love food. But, but, you know, that's one discipline you have to try and stick to. Um, and it's actually keeping a very sort of positive note in your, your personality to, to try not to see the darker side of things and just go towards the very, very positive. That's really important, the human soul for singing. So they're really, they're really, and drink lots of water, of course, but they're really the, 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 the few things that I do to keep everything going. Now, you are, you know, heading out on this massive tour. It's covering five continents, 125 dates. I wanted to know, you know, are you, because you're so busy, are you very involved with all the aspects of the show from, for example, the, the, the set list down to the stage design? Yes, I'm very hands-on with with everything. It's, it's interesting, actually. When I start an album, I can actually see what the, what the, what the outcome of the of the concert is going to be um it's just i probably because i've i've worked a lot in theater in my past so it's all part of of how i think but i see the design i see the colors i see the costumes i kind of see where i create different different scenes for each section of song so i might have a baroque section where certain songs fit into or a gothic section where other songs fit into so and that then helps you with the visuals so and i and i love light design um so i think with this this new concert tour it's going to be very beautiful i've got lots of human beings on stage lots of choir and beautiful orchestra and band and they're going to be bathed in the most beautiful light design that is fantastic. It sounds so beautiful. And, you know, I wanted to ask you as well, um, when you're on tour, are there certain things that you need to have with you to make everything sort of go okay? Like whether it's a specific blanket or your, I don't know, like a, a book or a quiz game or something that just makes you feel like you're in a good place? Um, actually, usually it's to do with my pillow that I take around with me. It's a bit like a pillow child will take around. It fits <laughs> perfectly for my head when I lie down and I go to sleep. And if I always have that pillow with me, I sleep. That is fantastic. Um, now, I know you've collaborated with, you know, so many phenomenal and diverse artists uh, throughout your career, including, you know, Andrea Bocelli, uh, Josh Groban, Paul Stanley, and Marie, the list goes on and on. Is there someone still on your bucket list, Sarah, that you would love to work with? Ah, dear. I'm, do you know, I don't know. Usually when I work with all of these artists, because the, the timing is right, the right song comes up, and that's really what guides you. And you listen to the song, thinking, oh, that artist might be lovely for this. And, and then you ask if they, if they would like to do it, to, 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 to perform it with you. Sometimes they don't want to, and sometimes they do. And we're all the same when we ask partners to, to partner on, 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 a, on a song, on an album. Now, you have received so many accolades throughout your career, including the uh, the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic. And earlier this year, I know you got an honorary doctorate. Um, are you able to enjoy these accomplishments or do they sometimes sort of feel overwhelming? Because I can't even imagine what it must feel like to get the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic. That sounds pretty fancy. It, it was. It was. And, and actually, I think it was something they'd wanted to give me for a long time, but I'm, I wasn't sure they could find me. They said they lost me and couldn't find my address, which is completely understandable. So I got it a little later than I should have done. But it was a beautiful afternoon um, and they presented me with this and I felt very, very honoured. The same with my doctorate, which was only, a, I think it was a couple of months ago I got that. And the beauty of it, it was in the university um, that 
near where I was brought up. So I was able to go back to the county or state that I was, I spent my childhood and go to this beautiful cathedral and be honoured with this doctorate. And it was a great thing being there amongst the students and everybody in their gowns and hats. I had a lovely time. That is fantastic. And, you know, I've, I've noticed that you're very committed to um, charitable causes, and I'm sure you get tons of requests uh, from various groups and organizations. Is it challenging for you to figure out, you know, who you're going to give your time and effort to? Well, the nice thing about that is as I travel the world and I'm in different uh, different uh, places, I'm able to make time to do speeches for kids or get involved in some way. And and that's the beauty of being able to travel around the world because these things are global um, and the the you know the reach is quite far from my own from my own country. So so that's that's a good thing that I can make the most of wherever I am. And before I let you go, Sarah, last question. I wanted to know, uh, you know, what do you have left to accomplish? What makes you get up in the morning and, and hit it on all octane? Because you've, you've accomplished so much. And I don't think anyone would blame you if you decided to just call it a day and, and retire on your laurels because you have so many of them. Do you know, music is, is, is such an uplifting thing. It's, it's a beauty. It's a food. I'm not sure human beings could do without music. So for me to be involved in it and actually making it for people and hopefully making people enjoy and be, and, and be happy listening to it, it's a huge privilege. And that's really what keeps me going with all of this. It has been such an honor and a joy to speak to you, Sarah. Thank you so much for spending time with us. You're welcome back on the show anytime. Thank you so much, and thank you for your lovely interview. That's award-winning recording artist Sarah Brightman. Make sure you follow her by checking out her website, sarahbrightman.com. Well, as always, thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. We really appreciate it. We appreciate our guests as well, Serena Ryder and Sarah Brightman. A big thank you to our super producer, Adam Brisson, for doing all the right things. And don't forget that you can listen to us on many different podcast platforms iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play and Spotify we'd also love for you to grab our social media handles by checking out our website kellyalexandershow.com have an amazing week, you and I will chat soon